Welcome to the Coffee with Creators podcast, a casual conversation with creators about life and experiences. I'm your friend and your host, Michael. My guest today is Dana, and he runs a YouTube channel called Dana Did It, where he shares reviews and tutorials on photography and videography. And while you might think that that's nothing new, Dana and I actually talk about the importance of adding a bit of what you know to the collective pool of knowledge that is the internet. Also, he's one of the very first YouTubers I started following. So needless to say, I was very excited to finally talk to him face to face. Well, virtually, I mean. I think you'll find his perspective quite insightful because I know I did. Dana, it is, is coffee with creators. It is coffee with creators. So is, is, I made sure I had I secured the cup. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this, but the reason why we called it coffee with creators was um, a lot of people were wondering in the beginning, do you guys talk, talk about coffee? Do I have to have coffee? And the conversation really started between me and my, my co-host. Uh, I, I don't have a co-host anymore. But my friend Chelsea. <laughs> I noticed that. There's only yeah, one of you. So <laughs> yeah. Chelsea's actually moved on with uh, a different aspect of her like creative career. So I'm very excited for her. Uh, we had a little meeting before before the year ended. And we just both decided that for our own growth, um, that we should probably just part ways. We're still friends. Um, and I've invited her. I said, you know, if you, when you're free, you can stop by Coffee Creators. But basically, she doesn't, she doesn't have the time anymore. So yeah. I'm like, oh, no, that sucks because I'm not really good yeah. at being by myself. <laughs> but <laughs> that happens a lot in this. I think in this field, everybody kind of like we're, we're all creative and we all want are, are constantly wanting new things and like moving in different directions. And especially when you try and have a team like that, it's, uh, you know, if, if you guys are both wanting to go in different directions. Yeah, then yeah. it can be very challenging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so it, the reason why we just called it Coffee Creators was because we figured that what we wanted to do was have this platform where we can just have a conversation and chat over your favorite drink. So that's really the, yeah. the only reason, not necessarily have coffee. But you yeah. know, during during like early 2020, it's like coffee was like the cool thing. <laughs> I thought, yeah, like that. Was- it works out. It works out really well for for this episode, anyway. Yeah, I know. My my whole audience knows how obsessed with uh, coffee yes, I am. Actually, even like my live streams, which I kind of stopped doing, but like was I, I always called them Coffee Break with Donna Did It. Oh, really? And there was like, yeah, I had like the little, I had the fancy overlay when I would do the live streams, and there would be the little scrolling thing at the bottom saying like, you don't have to donate, but if you want to you can buy me ver- those. buy me coffee or something like that yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it was okay, yeah, yeah if, you wanna, cool. if you want to buy me a coffee <laughs> then you can yeah and my whole like every episode or i try and remember to do it every episode as i always say secure the cup which is like the, my my little coffee thing but it leaves it open for people who maybe aren't coffee drinkers oh interesting that's a good way of putting your it. cup yeah. can be full of full of whatever you want it to be yes full i of. like that that's pretty cool so how often do you live yeah. stream and where do you live stream on I don't right now. Okay. I'm I'm gonna bring it back this year. It's it's on my list of things that need to come back. But I was doing I was doing every other week, and then every other episode, one would be like on a topic, and I would just like ramble for 15 minutes and then answer questions. And then the opposite weeks, I was editing my audience's photos. So like they would, uh, you know, a couple days before, I would put something out on Instagram or whatever and say, hey, here's a here's a Google Drive folder go drop a bunch of raw photos in there and I'll edit them on the live stream. And then people would come in and they would, they would add super chats to get their photo moved up to the top. So like, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and and people have been bugging me about bringing it back, but it just got to the point where uh, I went full-time YouTube last year and, uh, and I was like, I'm going to be able to do three videos a week and a live stream (laughs) and may I'll start a podcast and I'll do all this stuff. And then it was like, no, no, no. I just got pickier with my one video a week and I don't have any extra time for anything. Else. Yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, I want to talk about that a little bit. Excuse me for a second. Sorry, my throat's a little dry. That's all good. That's all good. <laughs> I, had to, I had to just kind of clear it. Um, I, I want to talk to, to you about that. Actually, by the way, so I'm just recording right now and this is kind of like the new direction that I'm taking Coffee with Creators wherein it's an honest actual conversation it's a, it doesn't have to be anything specific and i don't because yeah. usually in the past i would have to do like this big intro like welcome to the coffee creators here's my guest blah 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 so i'm doing a little bit something a little bit different here which i think makes it a little bit more approachable 
for people um, because now they can kind of just sit sit here and listen to us just talk. And uh, I treat it as if like this, basically I'm meeting you for the first time. And yeah. this is very, actually very exciting for me, Donna, um, because I've been following you, I think, if I, if I remember correctly, since 2016, because that, that was about the same time my daughter was born. And yeah, I remember, I remember that because I, I might have actually followed you first. No way. Because I was because <laughs> I was because I was looking for desk stuff. Uh huh. I was like I was getting my desk together and I was getting, you know, I followed Artifox and all yeah. the all the like fancy minimalist desk setup kind of things. And I came across yours and I think you were the one who introduced me to Grovemade. Yes. And now my desk is just like I actually have a desk tour video coming out in the next couple of weeks here. And my desk is just littered with Grovemade <laughs> stuff like you can't even I have I have one of those autonomous stand sit desks. Yeah. Uh, and like, you can't even see it. I, I make a joke about that in the video. I'm like, it's hard to tell with all the, like all the Grove made stuff on it, but I have <laughs> yeah. the bamboo desk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I might actually followed no you way. first. That's, cr that's uh, crazy. But yeah. But you know what though? I think, I think I might've followed you way before that though, because I remember, Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you had a video back then and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember a video, this one specifically, because this was when I didn't know, I didn't even own a mirrorless camera then so i had a big dslr and okay you were teaching in this video how to do transitions and that's that's <laughs> the big one was it the big one on my channel yeah, okay, yeah, for, yeah for for probably a year or two there that was the one it, it was a really slow start too like i put it out and it kind of didn't didn't do much and then like six months later all of a sudden it was just like crazy crazy and now it's it's pretty close i think to a million like it i think it'll be the first one on my channel to get a million oh no way views. that's cool yeah pretty pretty close i think anyway i'm i, I haven't quite checked in a while i try not to yeah yeah, yeah to obsess over bother the myself with that too much or i'll obsess <laughs> yeah. over it but it's uh, hard it's hard right like how do you feel about that yeah. like trying because you are obviously a full-time youtuber and yeah. You know, I always follow a lot of these accounts that I admire, but a lot of them also kind of obsess about the numbers. And it, you know, to be frank, it kind of takes the fun out of it. You know what I mean? It's like, um, okay, well, I'm creating not so I can, I mean, obviously there's a goal, right? I want to reach a certain number, but now all, all they talk about is um, click rate, click, click rate, um, retention, which is cool. It's definitely important. But how do you feel about that? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting. And it, it really depends on what kind of a creative you are. Like I, I like to say I'm I'm like 80 percent technical okay. and 20 percent creative, whereas I think there are a lot of people who are the other way around who are like really heavy on the creative and like maybe don't even know all the like technical aspects that or, or know how to talk about them or anything like that. Like they might just do it instinctively or whatever. But like for me, it's quite the other way around where I love the learning and the uh, the techniques behind it and all the gear stuff and the specs and, and that kind of stuff. And that kind of goes for YouTube too, where like I do get a little bit obsessed over the over the analytics and the numbers and that kind of stuff. And I kind of play it like a game a little bit like I watch that stuff, but it, it really is a, a mindset that you have to come at it with like, OK, I'm going to look at my numbers and then I'm going to use them, you know, and whether that's positive or negative, I'm going to use that information. But I, I do think that people some people kind of obsess in it in a more emotional way. And, mm -hmm. and I've been reasonably good at not doing that. Okay. And I think that that's really the key to be able to take a look at that. I think it's, you know, similar to the way that like people would, would follow like their portfolio, their financial portfolio kind of thing. It's like, you keep an eye on it. You, you generally kind of know the direction things are going. You take account of any kind of like big events that might happen in it and you adjust accordingly. Well, this is like, this is my financial portfolio. You know, this is my, the way that I make my living now as of the start of 2021. So I kind of like look at it the same way. Okay. Um, the nice thing about it is that the 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 core of it and, and one of the reasons why I got into YouTube is because I get to choose 
what I do. And as long as I can assume that there are enough people out there like me, <laughs> I can basically make what I would like and there should be enough people to watch. Um, and that, I mean, that comes with a, a huge, huge friggin' Mount Everest size pile of privilege um, to be able to say and do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I fully acknowledge that, but that's kind of been my my personal strategy. That's actually, you, you brought up a couple of good points. Like to treat it like a game, that kind of helps it for me. So maybe I'm I'm speaking from a little bit more of how I feel about it. And, and you are correct. Some people get too attached emotionally, I think. And I am probably one of those who, if I look at the numbers too much, I get affected. And so I mm -hmm. try not to think about it. And so maybe that's why I get so affected when I see a lot of people talk about the analytics too much because I feel like it takes the, the fun out of it but that's just me. I, didn't, I don't think it's wrong. You're right, though. I think it has uh, a lot to do with the, you know, what type of creator you are, creative. And now that you mentioned that if you treat it like a, an actual, you obviously like a portfolio, just because it is your, if your, your means of, of, you know, making money, um, I think it's only wise to do that. So I do spend some time looking at my analytics, but I don't, I feel like I need to, obs not obsess, but I need to educate myself a little bit more with how it actually works and what I can do to, to, to bump up those numbers, right? So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to, uh, to touch on is what you actually said. And you said that you, you feel like, you recognize the fact that it's, it's a, you are in a position that a lot of people don't have access to, right? Like this, you know, to that I say though, to that I say that I've seen you build your brand your channel ever since you know for for when you were a much much smaller channel and i appreciate your i guess modesty it's i don't know if that's the right word but <laughs> you just sound so modest and it's almost like you you don't you don't see how much you've, you've you've created for for the community that you you basically built around you and i guess for that i just wanted to commend you and i i feel like everything that you've done you deserve it so I, I just wanted to say that because you, uh, talking back, I mean, talking again about that video, the uh, the transition video, I don't know. Well, you don't know this, obviously, but that was a very influential video for me when I started my creative journey. So I've always been a creative type, but I never felt like I I was good enough. So I was very shy. To, to share any photos or any creation. The only thing that I really did was drew. I drew a lot when I was a kid. And those are the only ones that my, my parents, my peers, uh, my friends would, would kind of admire and say, oh, you're really good at that. But anything else, I didn't have the confidence. Like I, when, I, when I wanted to try photography, I was just like, I'm not good enough. So I would take pictures, but never really share them. I wanted to try to, um, to take videos but I had no idea where to start. And that's when your video came in. And I remember this, I was watching that video and you were showing how to do like these different transitions. And it kind of blew my mind. I'm like, you can do that. <laughs> it was very, it's very pivotal, I guess, for me, because I yeah. feel like it made the whole prospect of learning to use video uh, creatively became a little bit more approachable for me. So I wanted to thank you for that. That's why having you as a guest is actually very important for me. <laughs> it, you oh, were a part thanks, of that. Man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I think you, you nailed it right at the end there. You said the word approachable and that's kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, companies have like a mission statement and all that kind of stuff. I think my channel, that's a word that I really try and keep in mind all the time is the, is the word approachable. I really want, and, and I think successfully based on what you're saying have have made it so that it feels like a conversation between two people who are learning together almost mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like i've never really hidden the fact that i'm really only a step or two ahead of the people watching my videos i've never i've never said like hey i'm the biggest most professional photographer videographer with that video i was like hey i'm a dude in in my living room here and i'm going to show you how to do this crazy trick that i just figured out yeah uh by filming my plants and my books and <laughs> whipping the camera all over the place and here's where you cut and here's how you do it kind of thing like 
it's it's really that like one step ahead kind of thing. I learn something cool and then I'm like, hey, world, come come check this out with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that I think that makes it I think that makes it approachable. And then I think the uh, my communication style is something that people have have also told me that that kind of, I think, lends into that. I, I am a technical brain. Yeah. But it's like somewhere between Gerald Undone and Peter McKinnon kind of thing, That's where a good it's mix. like it's it's I've I've had a couple of comments yeah. that were like you're the this this guy is like Gerald Undone and Peter McKinnon had a baby. It's like the middle ground, and it's like it's the yeah. it's the middle ground. So it's like technical enough where you can like learn from it, but it also kind of feels you know not unlike this, where it's just like a chat between. Uh, between folks and so that's something that I keep in mind as I'm like writing scripts and coming up with video ideas and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. is like okay like cool if this is going to bring value to my audience but also is it approachable does it feel personable like that kind of stuff yeah. so so thanks for pointing that out and, and and for letting me know that that's been working <laughs> yeah no for sure I mean just look at it this way I am just one of I'm sure this may, this may sound crazy, but I'm sure I'm just one of millions of people. I know that sounds crazy, right? But I'm sure I'm just one of millions of people who your content, your, your personality has somehow affected, you know, our lives in, in some positive way. I would really, I really believe in that. So it's one of those things that I think creators in general uh, take for granted just because Maybe it's just uh, uh, most of us, maybe not all of us, but most of us, I'm not gonna try to lump you in because, and, and just in case you're not <laughs> a part of this, but <laughs> we feel um, there's always that imposter syndrome. And that's a very popular term that goes around in the community, right? Like imposter syndrome, am I good enough? Like I'm not as good as this and that. And so why would my work matter? But to that, I always say, it doesn't matter whether you're better than this person or not. What matters is you are being you and Donna, I think mm -hmm. you are very good at showing, you're bringing your personality forward. And that personality is what attracts people like myself, for example, to your content. It's like, you're a friend. And doesn't isn't that what, what we all want anyway, to have friends, to have more people like us and share the same things that we like. And it you know then we become a community. I think that's the perfect society for us, right? For, for creatives. Um, but, to that to that point, I I'm curious now. Do you also experience some sort of imposter syndrome at all? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, pretty regularly. Okay. Yeah, I uh, and especially I think throughout 2021 when I was trying to go from my having a full time job and this being the side hustle, and then I I flipped them around. So this was the full time job, and my my other job as a, an audio engineer went I went part time there and just and kind of very gradually finished all my projects and and got so busy with YouTube that I haven't done a lot of that in a while um and during that process that there were a couple of points there where there was a lot of imposter syndrome and and a lot of like it's not even so much like am I am I good enough or uh, or that kind of stuff. It's like, can I make this work? Is this actually viable? I'm, I'm very, I'm very careful with the things that I jump all the way into. Um, I'll, I'll dip a toe in and I'll see how things go. And even like the YouTube thing, like I had, I had been going for four or so years Mm -hmm. And like kind of gradually shifting as things as things felt like I could I could build them in this direction. And then I got to shift over to this way and pivot a little bit here and there. And so I'm like just gradually dipping my toe in with like really very little um, on the line, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then kind of gradually dove in. And that was the point, I think, where there was a lot of okay, everything's, everything's out there now. I'm actually relying on this. And then you start to have the thoughts like, is this a mistake? Am I, am I going to actually be able to make this happen? You know, do I, do I actually know as much as I think I know, or is this that thing when you first start something new and you think you're way better than you are, and then you get a reality check afterward. There's <laughs> lots of interesting videos on that, um, on that. There's like a, a curve. I forget what it's called, but it's like this, this funny point, uh, where you, you think you're really great 
and then you get a reality check afterwards and you start learning and you realize how much you don't know. <laughs> and so there's always that worry in the back of my mind yeah. is like, am I actually at that point? Did I, I thought I, I thought I passed that and that I was actually just like learning now, yeah. but like, am I there? You know, yeah. so that, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then of course, like you see, you see other people having successes that, uh, you feel like maybe could have been your successes mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, we're all humans. So we all do that thing where we're like, ah, like what am I doing wrong? Right. That I'm not getting those same opportunities or like, how are they, how are they doing things different? And what, what can I take from that? And luckily, uh, like I said before, I, I, I play this like a game a little bit. And so then I see that and have been able to reasonably take it as information rather than get emotional about it. Mm -hmm. uh, to some extent, right. I am still human. Mm -hmm. I am not fully robot. Yes. That's yet. a good thing. I mean, to some, they might think that's, that's a fault, but no, that's, that's what makes being human uh, beautiful, right? Like, yeah, that's what's uh, that I, th I think personally, um, knowing that we are not perfect is what makes it my, what makes life a lot more interesting uh what makes it, frankly i think that's also what helps us progress because yeah you remember you were talking about that that curve and imagine if we all we always thought that we were just the thing right like the perfect one then there's yeah. really no room for growth i mean the only time you grow is when you get your when you <laughs> you find yourself on the floor <laughs> and you're like oh you know that was a reality check and I think yeah. I think that's a process that that happens throughout your entire life, especially in the creative field, right? And a lot of these things sometimes they just happen in our in our heads. And going to your going on, uh, I mean, piggybacking on what you just said about uh, finding other people, or maybe you know friends that you've you've seen um, kind of like blow up, or they're you know they they're they're experiencing some sort of success, and you feel mm -hmm. that you know that could have been me. That's actually one thing I want to I kind of want to talk about for a little bit just because yeah. I feel like it's a topic that we ignore just because we feel like it's maybe not good. But I think it's perfectly yeah. normal. Do you think? I mean, that's perfectly normal for and so I appreciate you actually bringing that up and, and saying that out loud because it's one of those things that I feel, but it's not necessarily bad. I don't wish ill, you know, you know, I don't wish that they fail or anything. It's just it's a feeling that it's very uncomfortable, but it, I use that to push forward. Right. Is that kind of yeah. what you did to get yourself out of like these, these ruts, if, if that's what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. I try and I try my best to like, take that, like I said, and use it as information and not as like an emotional cue kind of thing. Like, or if, if I'm going to feel emotional about it in some way, shape or form, if I'm going to feel sad that I'm not getting the opportunities that I feel like I should be getting or something along those lines or sad that I missed out on an opportunity somehow or whatever, then like, okay, like let's feel sad for a bit. And then let's use that as information to, uh, get better and, try and seize the next opportunity, try and like catch that in the moment. Next time something like that comes up, mm -hmm. see what the, what the circumstances were and see if we can identify those the next time. Um, but yeah, it is, it is like kind of like, there are lots of weird, like taboo things that people don't like to talk about. Yeah. Like emotions are, are definitely one of them. Money's another one where mm -hmm. it's like, we've all been taught not to talk about how much money we make and stuff like that. Right. And the, I mean, depending on who you're talking to, like there's lots of lots of people who w will tell you that that's like part of the the system kind of thing mm -hmm. where they like, you know, the the people with money told us not to talk with our peers about how much money we make so that we can't bargain for a higher paycheck, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that that seeped into into a lot of other parts in uh in our society as well. And I think the same thing goes for things like uh, emotions or uh, strategies and that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's personally, I'm, I'm coming out of this. I'm unlearning. I'm trying to unlearn that and, and talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the, the, the feelings that go along with it and the strategies that go along with it and trying to be in cases like this, where we're having this conversation, you know, be as open about it as possible. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I think that how you react to your struggles and how you react to your emotions around these things and how you react to the information that you're taking in 
is really such an important thing uh, in in life in general, but like in in my case as a as a creator and as a someone who's trying to build a business out of this mm-hmm. um, and build a living based around it kind of thing. I think that that's really important. You know, if I was to look at you know uh, some of my friends and 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 peers who have similar channels or whatever and see that they're getting growth that I'm not, and like of course that's like a bummer. But like you said, it's like first of all, I never. I never think badly of them or anything like that or, or get upset with them. Like I'm super stoked that anyone can grow anything in this kind of space. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome to me. And then, you know, you just try and like you try and react in a way that is going to allow you to then, like I said, kind of seize the next opportunity that comes along mm-hmm. or, you know, if borrow some things that they're doing, yeah. if it's working for them and you think that you could you know, implement it. It it doesn't mean that that opportunity is gone. I mean, unless it's something really, really specific where it would be like only obviously like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you know, if if uh, you know Becky and Chris, uh, you know, made wall hooks. If all of a sudden I was like, you know what, wall hooks sound like a really great idea. I think it would be pretty obvious that uh, that I stole that. Yeah. But uh, or it's like you know, like if it's sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just no, that's just reminded of of this old. Uh, very, very old. I was still a kid. Uh, remember David Copperfield, the magician? He yeah, made the yeah. Statue of Liberty disappear. There's a yeah. long time ago, and I'm like, it's like suddenly showing up on YouTube and saying, "I'm gonna make the Statue of Liberty disappear." Yeah, obviously yeah. you can't you can't um, claim that as your own. But sorry, yeah. go on. I I had to get that out of my head. <laughs> no, that's that's a great example. Like that's something that like you could probably do that if you were honest about like the fact that you were like paying homage to to David Copperfield right. or whatever. But like if you did it and said like this is something fancy and new, then that might be going too far. <laughs> but if it's like general things like, you know, something that's a little bit more more generic about like, oh, this person started asking people to subscribe at the start of their videos Mm -hmm. and they seem to be getting more subscribers. You know, if you take that information and you're like, okay, well like that's not, I'm not really stealing anything. If I do that, like some people say subscribe at the end, some people say subscribe at the start, let's try it for a while and see if it works on my channel. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things. It's like, instead of like looking at other people's, other people's progress and just being bummed that you're not getting it, like look at other people's progress and, if there's something to learn from it, try and try and kind of react in that way. I think how we react to our situations says a lot about us as people and allows us to do a lot of growth as people. Yes, that's absolutely true. You actually said that in the beginning or just a, a few minutes earlier, you said that you allow yourself to kind of process it, right? Like to feel sad a little bit because yeah. I think recognizing that feeling is also important because I also grew up in a i guess an environment where certain feelings are wrong and you suppress them and then Mm. you grow up you're like i don't know what to do i can't process this because this is wrong it's not it's like you're acknowledging that you're acknowledging the uh the the feeling of being sad feeling left out feeling whatever it is it's okay but the important thing i think the most crucial part is what you said is what you do after that right and yeah. in your case, that was just perfect. You'd learn from it. Like, for example, like these techniques, these are best practices that you can apply to your stuff. And that's how you grow. And that's, again, yeah. going back to like, it's awesome being not perfect because you have the capacity to grow if you're if yeah. you're like that, if you recognize that. So I think, Don, I think uh, you said that you were kind of unlearning all these things. Um, you and I are on the same path. I'm unlearning a lot of things that I've learned throughout my life. And I, I feel like I feel very vulnerable uh, in this sense. Uh, and so I appreciate you sharing that here in the podcast. But I think it's also an important step. It's an important step. It's part of the growth. And just want to say you're not alone. <laughs> I'm also here with you. <laughs> well, thank you. Actually, yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of unlearning happening in, in society nowadays yeah. with uh, with the lights being turned on in a lot of places. Time for a quick break, but when we come back, we discuss the importance of sharing content in your own style and how the outdoors inspired Donna's photography. We'll be right back. Working from home definitely has its perks. One of them being is that I don't have to sit in a lifeless, boring cubicle. 
I know for a fact that a little inspiration can really liven up my workday, so I've become intentional with the things I surround myself with. But inspiring doesn't have to only mean nice to look at, because they can be functional as well. So I'm urging you to check out Grovemade's beautiful collection of desk accessories. From their precision machined aluminum pens to their beautifully crafted laptop docks, you can find something that will organize your desk and inspire your work. I personally have a handful of their products in my office and I really love them. The design and craftsmanship make each piece feel special and that's because Grovemade wants you to build your dream workspace so you can get your best work done. Visit grovemade.com and save 10% on your first purchase by using the promo code MICHAEL10 at checkout. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-1-0 to save 10% on your first purchase. Uh, it reminded me of this conversation that I had with a friend before. And I remember telling him or asking him how come he doesn't want to start his own uh, social media channel where he can teach mm -hmm. something or show something and his reply was, well, I'm not the first one. Someone already did it, right? Someone already did it. And your, our conversation earlier reminded me of that, of that conversation. And to me, my reply back then was, maybe you can some, do something better. But now to, nowadays, it's not really about doing something better. It's about doing it your own way. So I define mm -hmm. it in a very different way. How do you feel about it, about something yeah. like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there, there are lots of things out there about uh, learning styles and that kind of stuff. And regardless of kind of what you, what you believe about the, you know, we've got auditory or kinetic or whatever, the different kinds of learning styles, everybody takes in information in a, in a slightly different way. And I, I learned this firsthand um, when I went to college, straight out of high school, I went to, I moved to Ontario, which is uh, where Toronto is for those of you listening that, uh, don't know Canada very well. So I went to I went to Ontario and uh, I went to school out there. And after my first year, that school, it's this like private college for audio engineering. They hire back three of the like top students. They hire them to be essentially kind of like teacher's assistants and to teach the practical time. So from like 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. there are like classes. And then from 3 p.m. till 11 p.m. there's like these practical labs. They have all these recording studios and some of them are like taught. So I was basically teaching lessons. And I learned that firsthand because you get a group of four people in front of you and each of those four people might learn in a completely different way. So you have to, you know, explain it once in the way that you think makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. And then you look at one of those four people and they're looking at you like, I, I don't understand a damn word you just said. <laughs> and so then you have to be like, okay, how can I rephrase this in a way that that person is going to understand? And then those four people, after you've spent whatever, an hour and a half teaching them this and rephrasing it and that kind of stuff, four more people walk in and you have to redo the whole thing over and over again with... I, there were 60 people in the school. So if you imagine that, you know, if there are, let's say, five or six different languages kind <laughs> of thing that you have to speak to people... And so if you imagine that on YouTube, now I only am going to make one video about the thing and I'm going to speak in the way that I would learn. Mm -hmm. And hopefully there are enough people out there that would understand that. So especially in education, YouTube, if there are seven, eight hundred videos on the same topic, if they're all explained in a slightly different way, slightly different information, not only could you be just like working with a different kind of audience that might learn in a slightly different way. But if, first of all, like for me, if I go and watch one video on it and then I go and watch another one, I might be filling in some gaps that I missed on the first one or certain things that maybe I didn't understand that I understood better from the second person. So I think kind of doubling up on information is like, is totally fine. And I think anyone that is worried about not being the first one, especially again, in the kind of like education sector, not being the first one to teach that topic or to go over that thing. I think that that is, is pretty much a moot point. Yeah. You know, that would be like saying there can only be one textbook on biology. Like that's it. Right. And then any other textbook like should just not exist because there's already one. Right. You know, like I, that's, that's not the way that, that's not the way that we as humans learn. And it's not the way that 
definitely not the way that YouTube works. Like I almost never go and watch one video to learn a topic. That's very true. I go and watch one video and then I watch a follow-up video to make sure that I believe the first person. <laughs> and then I watch a third video to see if it c confirms the first and second, you know, yes, like, yeah. uh, especially like in, in reviews and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like you can have a bunch of different reviews and then you, you cherry pick the bits and pieces that you feel like apply to you. So I think there's, I still think there's so much room for people on the internet absolutely <laughs> you know to be to be making content and, and sharing their opinions and and that kind of stuff yes so. i agree i fully agree with you on that one because it's so i don't think i've ever heard it expressed in the way you express it like so clearly as to why it's important for people to put their content out there not because they're going to be the first or the only ones but because it they're adding knowledge to this whole big i don't know i guess basket of you know this encyclopedia basically right yeah. like there's so many ways of of teaching one thing and to me i mean the way i even think about it is that some people just like to hear like okay a, a better example would be <laughs> i had a high school teacher that no matter what i did no matter what i did his voice puts me to sleep like no matter what i did <laughs> But for some reason, like he could be talking about the same exact topic uh, as another teacher. And just hearing his voice puts me to sleep. I don't know. I can't explain it. But the point is we receive all these like these external um, input, I guess, uh, and, you know, in different ways. So a story that I remember uh, of someone saying that her husband was trying to teach or show her ways of how to improve her health, basically. And for years, because I, I think her husband was a, a, a fitness trainer or something like that. And for years, she never really listened to him. And one day she bumps into an old friend of hers that she hasn't seen in 10 years or so. And then she brings up the, the this whole topic to her friend and her friend goes, oh, you know what you should do? You should just do this. And so she did that, goes back to her husband and she goes, hey, you know what? I did what this person said and it, it actually worked. And her husband goes, I've been telling you the same thing for the last <laughs> 10 years and you never listened. So the lesson there yeah. was that we just take in information differently from different people. So going on, mm -hmm. uh, on what you just said, Donna, I think you just said it perfectly, honestly. People just learn in different ways. And so you, ha you kind of yeah. had to have to adjust it. And so for those who haven't started their own channels or their own content, just because they're, they're afraid that they're not the first one, that doesn't matter at all. You're just adding to the pool of knowledge. And what Donna just Donna just said was is absolutely perfect. It just makes sense to me. And I think that in itself, to be honest with you, I think that in itself is a skill. The communication skill skills required to kind of uh, um, change the way you speak or deliver information. That in itself, I think, is a talent that you have. <laughs> I obviously, well, you thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've, I've, I poke around my old videos every once in a while, and it's definitely something that I've developed. Okay. I, I mean, not that, not that I think I was like a bad communicator necessarily to start off with, but uh, it's definitely something that I have spent time and energy and and effort improving, and I do a lot more script writing now. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I'm kind of editing that communication as as I go, you know, whereas like I think when I first started, I I liked people whose videos felt very off the cuff. Uh -huh. And so then I thought they must be just off the cuff. And I didn't realize that you can be specific and communicate in a very specific way and still feel off the cuff by the way that you present yourself and that kind of stuff. So it is something that is learnable. Okay. And that, I think that that's something that that people are are worried about too is like maybe they don't have the easiest time speaking or or getting their thoughts across and that kind of stuff. And it is it's something that you can practice. It's the reason why Toastmasters exists and whatever like those those things that teach yes. public speaking mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. It's like it is something that you can practice. It is something that you can get better at. Um, but it's not going to happen un until you start practicing. Right. You know, think of it like like learning an instrument or something like that. It's something that you have to you do a bunch. And I always suggest to people to if you are going to start a channel or or start, you know, producing media for online and, and specifically video, it's like make a bunch of practice videos 
why why do people think that the first thing they make they have to publish like you don't have to mm -hmm. as soon as i you know if you buy a piano and you start taking lessons you learn mary had a little lamb you don't like book the local concert hall and like <laughs> you know, take it on the road yeah. kind of thing. Like you, you practice a bunch and you maybe years before you ever, um, you know, do your first concert. You want to, you want to make sure that you're, you're building up those skills first. So you can treat, you know, online video and, and content creation kind of the same way. Do some practicing. You don't have to publish everything that you make. If it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to, you can just bank it, learn from it and, and, or do it again or whatever. I think that that's something that, a lot of great creators do that they don't necessarily talk about. Yes. And because our online lives are this like curated, perfect thing, mm -hmm. we as as content consumers assume that that was like their first try. One take everything, all just like super easy, happened in, in an afternoon kind of thing. It's like, I take like three days to like, write shoot reshoot edit reshoot again edit some more add titles like all that kind of stuff like it takes me a long time to put together a video and i think that because the video is only 12 minutes long people are like oh he probably just whips that together you know <laughs> but there's a lot that goes behind it and there's a lot that gets left on the uh, on the cutting room floor yeah i i i'm sure you've also come across the conversations like this um i was i was at a party recently not recently maybe a few months ago um, and I saw uh, an acquaintance there and he's a little bit older and he asked me what I do nowadays since the pandemic. And I said, oh, I work from home. And he, first thing he, he goes, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, sure. <laughs> yeah, I am so lucky, but I am, I am. I get to spend time with my kids and you know, I get to stay home, but obviously there's a lot of like things that go around in the background that he, I didn't, didn't want to have to explain to him. And then he yeah. further kind of pokes around and asks, uh, he said, what else do you do else other than graphic design? I say, I said, I have uh, an Instagram account. I have a YouTube account. And so we kind of got into that topic. I try to avoid talking about that with people who don't know me just because I yeah. don't want to have to keep explaining to them. But he, he it's a big question mark for a lot of people. Is, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, even after that conversation, it was still a big question mark because the first thing he yeah. said, as soon as he found out that I have, also have a YouTube channel, he's like, oh, you're so lucky. You get free products. That's awesome. Like, that's what we all want. I'm like, no, I want to get paid. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah. I want to be doing something that I love that I can sustain and also get paid, paid for. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. couldn't wrap his head around that. And to him, I was just lucky that I'm able to do that. But to him, it's luck. But to me, it's practice and a lot of um, frustration. Like you were just saying, like the background is that you are going through all these, the, these stuff in your head and you're actually buying equipment, testing them out, you know, a lot of trial and errors, a lot of pain actually to finally get a 10 or even eight minutes of video out there and it's not going to be perfect you'll still get the haters and they'll say well you didn't talk about this or this sucks or this is terrible but yeah, obviously that's a different topic but they didn't know how much it took for me to get to that point and for me to try yeah. to keep doing that on a weekly basis that's very very uh it's very challenging so for him to say i'm lucky i guess i am lucky in a lot of uh regard but it's not easy. It wasn't easy to get there. And this conversation just reminded me of uh, of this other person that I follow. Um, I'm sure, do you know Jerry Riggs Everything that that channel? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I follow him on Twitter, and I saw, I saw. Uh, I think he was he posted like a, a clip of his video, and some guy commented, and he goes, "Look at this guy. He's getting paid to do something, um, uh, like something simple or whatever, or you know, whatever." And he goes, this is so depressing. And then he replies, he's like, you just don't see what happens in the back, back background. I've been doing this for years. And if you want to get to this point, all you got to do is just start, just start doing it. And so I like yeah. how he approached it in a very constructive way. And I think a yeah. lot of people need to hear that. I, need, I think a lot of people need to realize that, that we content creators don't get here just because we were chosen by the gods and, you know, plop down here in a golden throne. No, it's not yeah. that. It's a lot of work. It's just like any job. You want to work your way yeah. up, you you have to work your way up. 
But um, sorry, I kind of got off a, a tangent there. It just reminded me of that. But I want to switch gears a little bit, Donna, if you don't mind. Um, okay. I yeah. want to talk about more more about photography, your love for photography, okay. and how it all started. Let's let's go back there first. Like, how did you get into photography? Yeah, I mean, it it kind of started. So I guess a little bit of background. I'm a I'm a music producer and audio engineer. I am part owner of a recording studio and music school here in Edmonton. Uh, I ran our our studio, our recording studio. I made music. That was my full time job. And w basically, what what started to happen is it was a new business. Uh, you know, and and when you're a new business, you take everybody who walks through the door, who's willing to put cash on the table to do the job. So as much as it was uh, a creative thing and I got to be creative and some of the projects I really loved in the end, I was still making something for somebody else. So if you're mm. an artist and you come into my studio, I'm making music for you. You have the final say on whether you like that snare drum or you don't and i have to change it if that's what you tell me to do because you're the one paying my bills basically mm -hmm. and so then i i still really loved music but what i was looking for was uh, a creative outlet separate from that because at the end of a eight or 10 or 12 hour day at the studio the last thing i wanted to do was make my own music was keep <laughs> you know, choosing sounds and, and coming up with creative ideas for that. And so then I started to fiddle around literally with the the editing options in the Instagram app. So I would, instead of just like taking a photo and then uploading it onto my Instagram of whatever it was at the time, my coffee or my breakfast or something like that, <laughs> I would take the photo and then I would go into the little editing options and play with contrast and clarity and all that kind of stuff and started to get kind of fascinated with like, what can I do with this? And then it was like, what are the limits of this? And like, what if I had a better camera? And like, can I, you know, and then, and then you're like, oh, like I'm limited by my terrible composition. So now I got to learn composition. And like, it kind of blossomed into, into just like, uh, out of, out of like curiosity mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like where, why, what makes what makes good photography versus bad photography and like i'm i'm a lifelong learner so i think that's kind of where it all stemmed from and then we my wife and i were going down to mexico for christmas my my folks have a have a place down there that they spend most of their time at now and we were going down to visit them and spend christmas and i was like it would be cool if i had a had a camera and so then i picked up my my first camera and like took that down and tried to do my best taking photos in Mexico. Uh, none of which I think ever really got put anywhere because they were bad. And I didn't know that you had to, I didn't know that you could get like dust on a, on a camera sensor. It was like a Sony a 5100 oh, no. or something like that. So it was like, I was just like changing lenses on the beach with like <laughs> oh sand going everywhere. It's giving me anxiety. And yeah, yeah. The funny thing is that I so I bought the camera at uh, at Best Buy, and when I got home, I didn't even know what the problem was. I didn't know that why I was getting these weird spots. So I just took it back to Best Buy, and I was like, "There's something wrong with your camera. Give me a new one." And they just did. So I ended up with uh, an A6000 there because, like, you know, the, the the people at Best Buy at that specific Best Buy didn't actually know anything about cameras they're just like <laughs> yeah. some teenager trying to get his, his weekend money kind of thing and so um but yeah that was that was really kind of the spark of it it's it's really curiosity driven and like i said i'm i'm 80 percent technical so mm -hmm. i learn techniques and i learn how to do new things and i get obsessed with kind of perfecting the the knowledge behind it yeah and then I translate that into creativity. Um, and then recent, more recently, probably within the last three or four years, uh, my wife <laughs> suggested that we go hiking. And I was just like, that sounds dumb. That absolutely sounds <laughs> like the worst idea ever. Like, why would anyone want to just... Uh, and this themselves. is funny to, any, to to anyone anyone who has watched my content recently. This is probably really funny, um, but basically, we I was like, okay, like let's let's try this thing, um, and and go hiking. And I just absolutely fell in love with 
hiking and adventuring in nature mm-hmm. and uh, specifically around here, I'm I'm kind of four hours from the Canadian Rocky Mountains oh, in uh, awesome. in two different directions, and so and so starting to kind of take advantage of that a little bit more, and uh, and and then combine them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the photography and the and the adventure of getting to the destination, you know, yes. like you feel that that photo is extra special because not anybody can just go there you know if you're if you're at the top of a mountain and you've got this view that only a select percentage of the human race has ever seen in person Mm -hmm. it's not you know Times square where you can just like grab a flight take a taxi and you're there kind of thing it's like this extra special place and you had the the added benefit of the uh the fun uh, and exercise and that kind of stuff along the way so it, it really is this kind of like encompassing experience for me it's really not just about the photo itself that that is a lot of fun and i enjoy the the technical side and the the creative side of that and and editing as well but like it really is this like adventure to create photography which is really really cool you described it the way how i would like how i would approach things like out of curiosity like i was a kid you know when i was a kid i would go exploring not because I had to, just because I was curious. You know what I mean? I would yeah. try new things just because I was curious. But somewhere along the along the lines of like growing up, from you know being a kid to an adult, somehow, somewhere, being curious and trying to go for the things that you like somehow, I don't know, for some weird reason, in my head, it was wrong or it wasn't the right thing or it was too childish or it was. But then yeah. later on, I'm again unlearning these things. It's okay to go for those passions. It's okay because yeah. that's what makes you you. And when you told me that story, it's it's just like it's like my story. But you know what's hilarious though that your story about Best Buy and I, I'm like, did we go to the same Best Buy? Because uh, <laughs> the reason I ended up with my first mirrorless camera was kind of kind of like that. I bought a um, a point and shoot a G, Canon G7X. Um, and the classic. Yeah, it's a, I still nice have stat. that camera to this day. I yeah. still want to have that camera. The reason why I don't have it. Is because I it my daughter dropped it and it broke. I'm like, oh great! Oh, so man. I brought I brought it back to Best Buy, and they said, uh, we don't have this in stock anymore. We have the the Mark II, but we can't give you the Mark II. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he goes, she he goes, um, but we can instead is reimburse you the the full amount. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I've and mind you, I've used this camera for more than a year, and then they're like, yeah. we'll just give you the money back. I'm like. Okay, and then that's when I bought my first Sony, the Sony A6300. And I've used that camera so much, and that's how I kind of um, got into photography again. I was, I I took photos for the fun of it. I never really shared it, Um, but that's how I got the the camera. Anyway, fast forward a little bit, and your point of having that satisfaction of taking that photo from, you know, a very unique perspective, I think not only is that the reason why it's so satisfying it's also because of the the amount of work to get there the the mm-hmm. the, the pressures that you felt like the little challenges that you to put yourself through to get to the point and you can snap this photo it just makes the reward much more rewarding and mm-hmm. also the way you explained it um when you said hiking, I started laughing because hiking to me sounds like a terrible idea but you know what's funny <laughs> reword it just say like if my wife, my wife used to go hiking a lot. Like she would always invite me to go jogging or hiking, things that I don't like doing, but she's like, let's go hiking. And I'm like, you know what's funny is that if you just change that word from hiking to exploring or maybe adventuring, somehow yeah. in my kid brain, that sounds awesome. So when you yeah. were telling that story, I yeah, I, I went back there and you were telling me about going to the, the Rockies and you know, just exploring. I felt like I was there and snapping that photo. And I'm like, this is why this guy's awesome. I love the fact that you have <laughs> that, that heart, that creative heart, that curiosity, because I think at the core of things, we need to be curious. If you want to get better, if you want to learn about something, and especially you, you're very, very technical. It's kind of like what you do with, when you're producing music. You're basically taking a bunch of these technical things to create something new, right? Um, yeah. And it just that curiosity alone, I think it's such such an important thing 
that we forget, like especially me, I forget when I pick up my camera. Sometimes I pick up my camera because I feel like I need to shoot for people. No. Yeah. You have you have to have that curiosity. Okay, what is it gonna look like in this light? What is it gonna look like through this lens? When you approach things from that angle, it becomes a lot more enjoyable and the results might actually just kind of surprise you. So I again, Donna, I just wanted to commend you. It was <laughs> I love that story. I really did. You got me blushing. It's my I don't you can I don't know if you can see it under my under my beard, but thank you. That's no, absolutely great. <laughs> but yeah, story. it's funny and it and it and it like comes in waves too. That that curiosity versus like you said, like sometimes you feel like you pick up the camera because you kind of have to. Mm -hmm. Like it's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And so like it, it it really does come in waves and and going back to, you know, earlier in the conversation, if you can take that situation where you're like uh, I should probably shoot something because I need to like post or whatever, you know, so that people know that I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if 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 you can have that feeling in mind and then have the feeling of like when it felt really good in mind and then learn from those situations and, and try to try to do your best to like harness that creativity when it does come. Mm -hmm. Uh, or the or the curiosity. I love that we keep thinking of it as curiosity and not so much of creativity. Yes. Because again, for me, like I'm I'm a much more technical person than I am a creative person. All my all my creativity comes out of problem solving from a, a kind of a technical standpoint. And so, you know, harnessing that curiosity is is something that I think again can be kind of learned. And I think that uh, the the greatest artists in the world are the ones who have learned how to truly harness their their uh, skills and their curiosity and their creativity when when the time is right or they can kind of like they they have tools that allow them to kind of make that happen mm -hmm. um you know someone like like stephen king who can write a book in a week that's you know insane. like or I, I don't know if that's ex exactly how long it I takes him believe, but he seems I mean, to I just like surprised though i mean that guy's so he good. just puts out so much stuff yeah. yeah and his and his whole thing is like just shut up and write like that's what you're supposed to do i think he has a tool set that allows him to do that it's insane to really like harness that harness that creativity and that curiosity and stuff whereas i think some people it takes a lot longer for them to get there. And maybe in the end, their their product is just as good. Mm -hmm. But if they could learn somehow to to harness it, they could put out even more. And it feels good to to create something that you're proud of. So I want to harness that as much as possible for selfish reasons, because it feels good. You yeah. know, if I can make if I can make it feel good more often, that's great. Yeah, you no, know? No, for so. sure. Yeah, it's very important, too, because I think the the better we feel the better the content becomes like the the output becomes totally. right yeah yeah I, it totally it's funny you you mentioned stephen king i'm actually listening to his audiobook um billy summers i don't know if you listened to it or if you read it no. so it's really good um okay but uh it's re very interesting that you mentioned that stephen king and how he has to, like this process of writing but because the character in his book is he does something uh, as his day job let's just call it a day job and he's pretending to be a writer. But at heart, this guy actually loves writing. And so while I'm reading this or I'm listening to the audiobook, I'm I almost feel like I'm diving into Stephen King's actual life as a writer. Because he describes hmm. just locking himself up in the room and start writing. And then he'll like you know, uh, basically erase an entire chapter because the voice didn't sound right. So he actually yeah. gets so deep into it. I'm like I wonder if this is how this guy actually writes. It's really, it's really interesting. I recommend that book. Yeah. I'm, I'm not finished yet, but I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Also, I wanted to point something out. You said that you're not, a, you feel like you're not a creative person. You're more of a curious person than a creative person. I get that. But to that, I also say that I think creativity is really just taking a bunch of many, many different parts and putting it and making something out of it. And you can approach it with a curious mind or a not so curious mind, but the output, regardless, is that's what's creative. The the fact that you created something. So, I don't know, Donna. I feel like you're very creative. <laughs> you, I think well, you're just. I don't know. I think you're not giving yourself I, enough credit. <laughs> I think I think of it like it's it's like I'm not creative in the way that people expect it to be. Mm. Like people think that creative people like go to sleep and they have all these vivid dreams and they know exactly what. 
amazing piece of art needs to be mm. made. Like someone, mm -hmm. someone, their, their inner voice told them what needed to happen. And so then I always talk about it where I'm like, like I said, it's like 80% technical, 20% creative, because like I take those, that technical side and I, I manufacture creativity out of it. So mm -hmm. it's not that I don't have the creativity, but it, it all comes from this, this technical curiosity and problem solving. Okay. It's like, basically I'm like, I want to create this thing using this technique that seems like it would be fun to do. Mm -hmm. And then I, I have to be creative to get to the end. So I definitely, I definitely feel like I do have creativity, but like, I, there are people out there who start it's where it's the other way around, okay. you know, they start yeah. with this big idea. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think we typically think of as a, a creative person is like, they start with a big idea and then they have to then learn the technical to kind of get there. I see. Okay. Whereas I like start with the technical and then have to like harness my creativity to like make it something fun or, or to solve that problem kind of thing. So, so interesting. It's, I've, yeah. I've never heard of it expressed in that way. That's actually a very different way of looking at things. And I think I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of the day. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. I get, yeah. I get what you're trying to say. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think like in the end I get to the same place as, as the other people that do what I do mm -hmm. kind of thing. But the way that it's, it's approached, I think is a, is a little bit different. You know? Right. I, I always thought anyway, I mean, not that I have any kind of like special insight to everybody's creative process or inner workings, but it always felt a little bit different when I heard other people talk about their creative process yeah. where they just like got like a burst of inspiration and all of a sudden had to like, you know, go out and make this creative piece of art that they're, that it just popped into their mind or they dreamt about it or something like that. It's like, it almost never happens like yeah, that for me. No, it's like, I me. sit down and I'm like, <laughs> I have this thing that I think I want to do what does that look like? Like, let's hash this out. Let's use all these tools and techniques that I have mm -hmm. to figure out what that could look like. And along the way, I'm like auditing and making sure I'm like, is this still a good idea? Is this still on track to where I was hoping it would go? You know, that kind of thing. But it never feels like what, you know, the, the, the great artists, yeah. you know, talk about where they have this crazy burst of inspiration. Yeah. Or they or heard it from like the that. wind. I think I... I read like a poet yeah. say that before uh, she said something like she literally heard it from the wind. And I'm like, am I missing something? <laughs> that's that's a, and that's amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to I also don't want to, like, take that away from of anybody. Course, yeah, if yeah. that's if that's the way that if that's the way that it works for you, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah, I'm actually I jealous, <laughs> somewhat, somewhat jealous that like you can just have the, the wind tell you what the what your next big idea exactly. is and then just like if you can if you have the 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 willpower and the skill to harness the techniques that sounds that sounds refreshing mm -hmm. i might not want it like that all the time but like even just you know maybe i got to spend some more time with the wind uh, and and we need to become friends you and i both need to do that <laughs> all right donna well we're at the end of the podcast and i would love to have you here for the rest of like the next hour but obviously that's not going to happen um before we end this podcast, I want to. I'm curious. So, what's next for Dunna? What's next for you? What do you think? Uh, do you have any big picture ideas? Do you have any kind of like um, plans to, to? I don't know something that you can. You don't have to share anything if you don't want to, but I'm just curious. I'm I'm happy to. Yeah, I basically spent the last month. I mean, for for anyone who's been following, I'm not 100 percent sure when this is coming out, but like I basically spent the the end of December and all of January without uploading anything really um with the exception of a few stories and some tweets but no videos no instagram no nothing and i've just been spending the time kind of figuring out like what what does this look like for 2022 and kind of ongoing but mostly just for this year mm -hmm. uh, my wife and i are moving in just less than a month out to the the west coast of canada out to victoria um she's going back to school and so like there's a lot hinging around the move and us going to where YouTube is not only my income, but both of our income kind of mm -hmm. thing. So there's been a lot of like business planning and stuff, but the main thing is to keep pushing forward. It, it worked for, 
It worked for 2021 and people seem to be enjoying the content. It's getting better. I want to try and implement a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get the live streams going again, editing people's photos, um, that kind of stuff. I want to do a little bit more with uh, Instagram and Reels. Um, so it's it's basically just kind of a little bit more of the same, hopefully. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that kind of thing. Um, I'm fiddling around with NFTs. I'm not 100% sure where that's going yet, but that's... Uh, it's kind of on my on my play I'm table closely, by the way. I was thinking about this this morning, just in case it came up in, in our conversation. <laughs> like, how do I feel about NFTs is like optimistic and skeptical. Like, I, I don't feel bad about them. I feel I feel good. Like there seems to be some cool things happening, mm -hmm. but also like skeptical in in that I'm like kind of always checking in to see to make sure. And I'm still doing a lot of learning right. and that kind of stuff. Right. So that, that one's still kind of just like a, a little side hustle back burner type thing that I'm not investing too much into. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of fresh content coming this year and lots of cool partnerships and stuff. So how cool. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing that. I, I love to know that it sounds like your, your, your life is, is progressing. Um, congratulations on the move. Moving can Thank be a you. little, not my favorite thing. Let's just put it that way. Oh my god! Yeah, let's... so a lot. Yes, a lot of the things have to work around that whole process. So I imagine it could be yeah. a very challenging endeavor in the next few weeks, maybe. Donna, thank you so much. I would love to have you back on the podcast whenever you're free. Um, obviously, you know yeah. we can plan this in the future. But where can they find you? Yeah, I'm uh, mostly on YouTube dot com slash Donna did it d u n n a d i d i t and then uh, Donna did it dot com is kind of a central hub okay. and then Twitter and Instagram, same deal. Done. did it. There you go. <laughs> I'm just done. did it everywhere. It wasn't a hard username to get <laughs> nice and simple. It's so easy to remember yeah. and very unique. You got it. Yeah. It's very unique. So awesome. Thank you, Donna. I really appreciate it. And, um, hope you enjoy the rest of the week and good luck with the move. Cheers. Thank you so much. 